Hey, Beauty Needs Me family. Welcome to another episode. I am Dooney. And I'm Talia. And on today's episode, we have Tenny Panosian. Tenny is a beauty and lifestyle influencer with about eight years worth of experience. She has over 86 million views on YouTube, over 580 Instagram followers, and she is the founder of Monday Born Beauty. Tenny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Are you in LA? I am in LA. Nice, nice. Born and raised in Cali, right? Uh, not born. I was born in Iran, oh, and then right. my family moved to Greece, and then we came to the U.S. when I was five, so I've been here since. That's right, um, and, and I did know that because you had a post on Instagram, I think it was on July 14th, uh, yeah. where you talked about moving to the U.S. at five, and you talked about how you had found an old school project where yep. you drew yourself with blonde hair. Um, because you desperately wanted to be like the white girls with silky hair on Nickelodeon, right? So talk to us a little bit about that. Like how, what was your view of beauty when you were living in Iran? And then, you know, how did that change when you moved here? Well, when I, so we left Iran when I was a toddler. I was like almost two years old. So I don't really remember much there. Um, Greece, I remember bits and pieces, but I was still so young. Uh, But once we got to the U.S., um, you know, you think of America and everything you hear from your family about coming to America is such a, it's, you know, it's the American dream. There's so much expectation. So when we got here, I wanted to absorb everything I could, the language, the, you know, the style, everything. And, you know, much of the programming at the time, what was when, when I was five, what was that? 1990-ish, mm-hmm. um, you know, much of the programming like on Nickelodeon, you know, those channels, that's all I watched. Um, The commercials and the actors and everything, you know, you didn't see too much diversity. So all I saw were like these cute little blonde girls, you know, with the silky little braids. um, I looked nothing like that. I had really like, you know, kind of frizzy, puffy hair. And um, I just, I was, I had dark hair. I just did not look anything like what I was seeing on TV. And, you know, TV really sells such a, you want this kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, it was just obviously like a little identity crisis where I was like, you're a child, you know, you don't really know any better. So all I wanted was to look like that. And when I found that school project, I was kind of like, you don't really think about it on a daily basis. But when I see that, you know, 30 years later, I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Were there conversations about beauty in your house as you were growing up? Not at all. We, that wasn't like a, it just wasn't a thing, especially in, in, in the Armenian community. It's just, we are who we are. You know, nobody talks about, you know, trying to be anything different, but um, I think, you know, generationally too, as we grow, you know, we, we, we are much more immersed in like pop culture or things like that. My parents weren't, they didn't, you know, know anything about that. So it was just really up to me. <laughs> it yeah. was just me in my own mind. Yeah. So you're, you were born in, Ar- you were born in Iran, but you're Armenian. So are you, explain that. Yeah. So there's different kinds, I want to say kinds of Armenians. We're all Armenian, but um, there's different diasporas around the world. Iran is one of them. Um, I actually did some digging and I think my, my family's definitely been there for about two centuries, um, maybe wow. longer, maybe even longer because there was a big migration of Armenians in the 1600s to Iran. Um, so I would, I'm considered Persian Armenian 
or Iranian Armenian, mm -hmm. um, which, which makes our dialect a little bit different from other Armenians, but we still understand each other. We're a little bit more like, like mixed with like Persian culture as well, um, traditions, things like that. But you know, for, generally Armenians are Christians, you know, no matter where in the world you are. Mm. Um, but yeah, the different diasporas, there are like little differences. Yeah, which, and then people, I guess, Persians, right? Meaning people, I guess, who are from Iran, right? Yeah, some people correct me if I'm wrong. Who are Persian, Iranian okay. Persian. Depends okay. who you're talking about. Yeah. But they're typically Muslim or Jewish, right? Yes, correct. Okay. okay. But, but, you know, in, in Iran, I think, um, maybe not necessarily the government, but as far as people, you know, my whole family's grown up there, so there was never any, like, problems with anybody. Yeah, yeah. Nice. When it comes to, to Iran, um, have you been there since? No. Um, I would like to visit. Um, my mom has been back. I think my dad might have been back, but, um, yeah, I haven't been. So mm. I just wonder, is there, um, I was watching Indian matchmaking, like uh -huh. the other night, uh -huh. um, and the level of colorism in India is something that I just wasn't aware of. I mean, it is, it is this very like subtle but distinct thing when they are trying to get matched with people, and what they think is dark skin is, you know, it it's just this very interesting thing. And I wonder, is there something similar to that in Iran? I don't think so. Um... I think as far as I know, I haven't really noticed any type of colorism specifically in our cultures within Armenians, within Persians. I think it's more so uh, more religious than anything um, when it comes to like matching with a person or like deciding who you're going, your partner is going to be. I think it really comes more down to re religion than anything because for the most part, generally, you know, my, my boyfriend's Moroccan and in Morocco, you've got like black Africans and you've got more Arab Africans. Mm -hmm. So they're all North African, but you have a range of colors. So, you know, in his culture, he can kind of speak to that a little bit more. But for us, we're generally, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this means anything, we're generally like in the same-ish range. Got There's it. not really a huge like polarizing color um, shift. So. Yeah. So what other images of beauty did you have growing up? TLC, Aliyah, um, uh, who else? Like all the, all the big, you know, R&B stars at the time. Like that was, yeah. those were the two that I had. It was either little white girls or, or like, you know, the R&B stars, like the brat. Yeah. <laughs> who else? Yeah. Um, TLC was a huge one for me. TLC, Aliyah. I'm trying to think all iconic nineties. All iconic nineties. Um, and I, I mean, I, I gravitated a little more toward that because I was like, I, I think just the music and everything was just like more appealing to me and I found more commonality there. Mm. So that was the only other kind of like image I had. <laughs> that's really, that's really interesting. So often when you hear people talk about um, families that immigrate into the United States when it comes to, to black uh, Americans, they usually have a negative view of black Americans. And even, even if that, if that family is, um, of the African diaspora themselves. Right. So, yeah. So when you, when you're growing up and it's like, you could go this way with, you know, little white girls, or you can go this way yeah. with, with black women. It's like, did you struggle to kind of 
find your own identity because it's like you don't look like them but you don't look like them either i did i did it, i mean it really came down to like you know with like tlc for example style you know i'd wear like the one white um knee-high sock the one black right. sock you know like <laughs> like the, the like denim vest the cutoff vest you know things like style wise i was heavily influenced that way and that was the only way i could kind of identify and kind of like kind of take that inspiration a little bit um so that was really the only way I could, I could do that. It yeah. wasn't and like, like express yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, growing up too, when I got later into like my teens and into college, I still college, you know, I, I went to school with a lot of heiresses and, you know, people mm. wealthy families and US, USC, right? USC. Yeah. yeah. So I did the whole dyeing my hair blonde, wearing colored contacts, mm. plucking my eyebrows real thin. You know? <laughs> I did all of that. Didn't look right on me. <laughs> When, when do you think you came into your own? Um, I would say it was toward my mid, I'm sorry, mid to late 20s, I would say. Yeah. You know, I still came a little, <laughs> yeah. I had a little bit of the ombre going like toward the ends of my hair and, and it was almost like symbolic because it was growing out. And I was like, I think it's time. Like yeah. it's time to go back and embrace. And I remember actually my my college uh, coach, I was on, I was a song girl at USC and um my coach in college always would tell me, she's like, please, can you dye your hair your beautiful natural black color? Like it would look so healthy and so you. And I was so against it because I really wanted to like blend in with my teammates who were naturally blonde, you know? Yeah. But getting into my late 20s, I really started to, and, and I don't even know, I can't say that there was like a light bulb moment, but I think I just started to mature and grow up and now I cannot even imagine myself with any other hair color or like without these full eyebrows or without loving my brown eyes, you know? Did it have so, anything to, I'm sorry, did it have anything to do with the emergence of the Kardashians? Cause that was probably like a decade ago. And I think that was the first time I had ever seen an Armenian yeah. or heard of an Armenian in and media. not the only one, many people are that way, but um, maybe subconsciously, yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, having, you know, someone, and it's not just them, you know, I think that was a time where diversity was becoming kind of, it was like the brink of like that kind of on the rise. Um, so, you know, Latina, Ar Armenian, whatever it was, it was definitely something new, something different that was emerging. So yeah. I don't doubt that subconsciously that was like an influence. Yeah. So, and speaking of your hair, so it's funny you say that because I think your your YouTube video that really took off was like in 2012 and it was your how do I how I curl my hair, right? How I curl and my scrawny. Yeah. <laughs> and you started you started off the video like saying your hair is damaged, it's fried because you color it a lot and you know, all of that. And you did have the ombre. I think the bottom, like the tips of your hair were definitely still like a light brown. Yep. <laughs> so and what Oh, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, now I get so much feedback from people saying, how do you get your hair so shiny? <laughs> Leave it alone. Exactly. But you know what? That's like black hair, too. You dye it too much. You do too much to it. It just, it starts to look crazy. I look back <laughs> on like old pictures when I used to put relaxers in my hair and I'm like, I had three strands of hair on my head. Why? Yeah. Why? Why did I even do that? <laughs> you were practically a rug rat. <laughs> I was a rug rat. And I really thought I was cute. Um, <laughs> 
So let's talk about how you got into influencing. So you did, you graduated with a BS in communication. Yes. Was that, and you acted as well. You've been in some movies. So like, what was your plan when you came out of college? So um, it's funny because when I was graduating, I remember on graduation day, I had a meltdown because I was like, I don't know anything more than I did when I first came in. (laughs) Isn't that crazy how you feel like that? You're like, what have I paid for? Right. It was, it rocked my world because I was like, what am I going to do? Because all I I mean, look, (laughs) I had a lot of fun in college. (laughs) I regret nothing. I regret nothing. But, and in that moment, I was like, all right, I have some decisions to make. So actually I ended up just swiftly applying for the master's program in communication management at USC. So I just went right into that program. So right after graduation, had the summer, then started in the fall. And that's when I got really serious about school. Okay. But let's figure it out. Let's figure out what we're going to do. And the plan for me really was to go corporate. I was mm. studying brand strategy, advertising. You know, I thought I'd be at TBWA doing, you know, big accounts for advertising. So that was the plan. But as I got closer to graduation, I really realized how much creativity is a priority for me. And though I could have still had the creativity in that world, I, it needed to be on, on my terms. And I'd wanted to act for so long. And I said, look, and that was the time where we had the recession. Jobs mm-hmm. were like so like not available. So I said, if there's ever a time to take a risk, it's right now. So I started to act. I got commercial jobs that kind of kept me afloat. And at the same time, I started my blog, MissMaven.com. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it all started. And then what was your focus at beauty even initially? Oh, or yeah. did you then? Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. I thought you made I, a switch at some point. Or it was more I so had, a switch. I had people uh, calling me from Sephora, like repeatedly asking me, so this is what I need for my skin. I have this, this, and this, and this is what I'm looking for. And I'd make a recommendation. And then I was like, why don't I just put this on the internet? (laughs) Wow. So how did you, I mean, at at what point did you realize like I could have a career in beauty? Mm -hmm. It was, it was when my YouTube channel, when I started my YouTube channel, um, I had a, a few friends, actually my friend Justin really started me on YouTube. He was, uh, he was one of the guys that was doing like comedy skits on, on YouTube and he and his group of friends at the time were like pretty big on YouTube. And so they were kind of encouraging me, like telling me what kind of camera to get. And they're like, you could be the next Michelle Fawn, like you should do this. Um, and there weren't that many people at the time. I think it was like 2011, 12 that I started really making these videos. So um, I think once I got to around like 100,000 subscribers and, you know, I started getting interest from, you know, brands. I remember my first job was like, like a hair product and it was $250. Like I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited for that. And I was like, wow, I could really start to do something with this. And it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. How long did it take to reach like 100,000? At the time, things are so different now. At the time, it was pretty quick. Um, at the time, YouTube had a very simple formula, persistence, consistency, just mm. quality work. As, as long as you put uh, like a good video out consistently, you were going to grow. Yeah. So when you enter the beauty industry, like what, in terms of like beauty standards and things of that nature, what did you observe? Like, did you, cause by this time you were starting to come more into your own, but did you feel yeah. like things were still very much catered to, um, like the white look for women? 
The yeah. white look. What is the white look? The white look. look. <laughs> <laughs> the European look, right? Exactly, the European look. Yeah. Well, I think some of the observations I made um, were obviously holes in the market. For example, like the really luxury brands, a lot of times you see just a lot of lighter shade ranges, but also like really pink shade ranges. So like, so, like uh, Dooney, like the, like the issue that you would have is different from mine, but mm -hmm. for me, like I would, I would ha I have a hard time finding olive. Like they don't make any green, like they don't make like yeah. green undertone that I am, you know, it's either warm or cool, you know? Yeah. So I was noticing that a lot with like, especially the luxury brands, it was really geared at the European coloring. Um, and then I noticed obviously the, the lack of shade, shade range for deeper complexions, lack of shade range for olives. Um, so yeah, I, I started to notice like where we were kind of missing. And then I also started to notice like trends, things like, you know, drag becoming so, so prevalent, but then, you know, everyday women using drag techniques to do their makeup and sort of trying to educate people like this works if you're doing drag yeah <laughs> work if you're going to the office you know? that's that's actually a really good point because I feel like once like people started hardcore doing makeup it was like a beat face every single day and that's something we talked about on a previous episode too like even with wearing wigs right like wigs especially lace front wigs are supposed to be worn for like you know, on stage or in front of the camera. Yeah. Girls wear those every day now. I know. Yeah. Everything comes in trends in this industry and it becomes, you know, something that everybody adopts no matter who you are, whether it's appropriate or not. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as you've um, become larger, how have you maintained your voice and maintained your authenticity as there are more and more people who are coming in who think that they can do the same thing that you do? You know, I think everybody has something unique to offer. And I think my offering is just authenticity and um, kind of just like a, I am who I've always been. Nothing's really changed. Um, I'm still always about, you know, embracing, enhancing what you have and not really like transforming. I've, I've never once done like a transformation video. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because my message is really just, um, you know, I hardly ever wear jewelry, nothing. I'm just very minimal, you know, like I, I'll go out and stand in the, in the grass with like my bare feet just as, as just embracing nature and embracing, um, me and my most, my, my most like bare form, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is something that is not for everybody. That's for sure. Some people yeah. really enjoy a beat face every day. That's great. And me, I, it's in I just like, sometimes when I look at my, myself in the mirror with like a full smoky eye and like a con highlight contour routine and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty, but it doesn't do anything for me. You know? right. like, it's like, she cute, but who is that? Right. Yeah. It right. just doesn't really like do that much for me. For me, it just there, I find so much power in looking in the mirror, waking up. I really, I wake up and I leave. That's not to say I look fantastic or whatever. It's just, there's a lot of power in saying, Hey, here I am. This that, is who I am. Yeah, that really resonates with me. I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to speak for Talia, but I think we're both very similar and like, we just embrace the skin that we're in. Naturally. I'm lazy. I just ain't yeah. got it. And, that, and I used to say the same thing too, because like, even when it came to like dating and like meeting guys, like I would prefer to be 
like less done up because I'm like I need you to understand what you're really getting 90 percent of the time because that that foundation you might see that once every other month that's not what you're gonna get on a daily basis yeah and like I said everybody's gonna have their own vibe their own style so I don't want this to sound like this is what everybody should do but it's right. just I am most comfortable that way you yeah know? I feel most powerful that way do you feel like that message is starting to resonate more? Because I feel like I, I'm hearing that more or people owning that more and just like that, you know, being comfortable I, as they are. I knew it was coming. I think, you know, once we kind of hit that peak of, um, you know, full beat, extra injections, everything. Now you're seeing people dissolving their injections. You see mm -hmm. people just being a lot natural brows, you know, whatever it, it is. It's just there's a, a, a kind of a movement toward just more, more natural. Cause I mean, how far could we have taken that really? <laughs> yeah. I, right. You know what? I also think quarantine humbled people too. Cause it was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Like we were seeing people, how they really look. <laughs> you have to get really comfortable with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> someone, said, someone said on Twitter, they're like, um, it's nice to see, um, uh, Everyone's filler dissolving and seeing what everyone's jawline really looks like. I'm like, there were things about me. I was like, when did, what is this hair? When did, when did I get hair right there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, it was the Botox. I enjoy a little Botox. So mm -hmm. when it started to fade, I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> So you're, I mean, you're, you're from California, you are recording videos constantly. Have you felt pressures to alter your appearance in more dramatic ways? Cause a little Botox ain't gonna make you a brand new bitch, but yeah. you, know. Right. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest over the years, you sit there and you're looking at your face close up day in and day out, editing videos, this, that you obviously start to notice things mm. and there have been things that I've tried. Like I tried lip filler a few times and every single time I hated it. And every single time I asked myself, why did you even do this? Like, what was the reasoning? And the reason really is, it's just like something everybody in this industry does. So I wanted to just be like, all right, let's, I'm bored. Like, let's do it. So having tried a few of those things, I'm actually in a way glad I tried it because now I know I don't like it, but you know, it, there was a little, I, uh, there was a little shame associated with it too for myself. Cause I was like, why did you do that? You know? Yeah, so yeah. yes, absolutely. There is that pressure and, um, you know, everybody handles it differently, but I think it's, it's very natural. It's really interesting. So I'm also an actress and mm -hmm. I do a bajillion self tapes every year. And so I'm just constantly seeing my face and I have developed an insecurity about how round my face is. And I would love nothing more that I have been talking about this procedure for a fucking decade. I don't even know if it's a real thing, but I would like to just take a little cheek out so that I could just have a, have a nice skinny Jada Pinkett face, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, just a, mm, a little, you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm so afraid to do anything yeah. to my face. Cause then what if I hate it? And then I'm like, oh yeah. shit, bitch, that what you gonna do? You look yeah. crazy. No. I'll be very honest, there have been times, and thankfully these are things that like fade away. Um, they're not permanent, but there have been times where I've looked in the mirror and I'm, I've just been so sad. Like, wow, you should not have done that, you know? Mm -hmm. It's been, it's never been anything crazy. Like, like right now people, I get this comment a lot and it really aggravates me because they're really talking about my weight at the end of the day. They're like, why did you get cheek filler? Like, why did you get filler in your face? Like, I'm 22 pounds heavier 
Like <laughs> that's what you're seeing. I yeah. ate a biscuit. Mind your business. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, damn, like, and, and if at my, in fact, at my skinniest, my cheeks look even bigger because I'm so kind of skeletal and all of this is hollow. So these look even bigger. So the, the rationale be, behind like, why did you get cheek filler would mean that I got filler all over here. Cause this is where I'm fatter now. It's like, got it. it just, it's, it's this culture of like, because it's so prevalent, because so many people do it, so it's so readily available. If you see something, it has to be altered. It has to be like, my teeth, you have veneers. No, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's also kind of crazy how people just like think nothing of telling you what they think you've gotten. Like, they're so sure. They're so sure about it. Like you yeah. were so pretty before, so pretty before I gained 20 pounds. Wow. <laughs> wow. Thanks. So I want to, I want to circle back to something you both said. So, cause Talia, you say that your face is round, right? And it I'm is round. At, I don't I, say it's round. It's round. But I'm looking at you and I'm like round where Talia, like where, right? And so, and you both mentioned about how, when you look at yourself in the mirror, right? And, and you see these things you want to fix. And I remember when, I think it was Bitmojis. You guys remember those Bitmojis? I got a Bitmoji like, now. But like yep. when they came out like years ago, right? I remember sending one to my friend. She was like, Duty, whose nose is this? This is not your nose. Because like in my head, my nose is like the whitest nose ever. You know what I mean? And she was like, girl, like this is not your nose. She was like, this thing is like four times the size. This is not even proportional to your face. Like why? But it's like a manifestation of like, that's what I saw. You know what I mean? Like we are our harshest critic. That's very true. I have a really good friend who, you know, how when you send like a thumbs up or something, she, I mean, it is the the darkest shade and, and she's not, she's not even as dark, dark as you Dooney. And yeah. she sends the dark, I was like, who's middle finger is this? Yeah, I don't even use the darkest shade. <laughs> who's, who's finger is this? It's like, what are you, what are y'all doing? Like, stop, like we have told her about this for years. She's like, that's my complexion in, in the heat of the night. Like, when is that your complexion? <laughs> when, like, what yeah. are you talking about? Um, so, so Tenny, in one of your more recent videos, dyeing my hair and venting, you talked about the toxicity yeah. in the beauty space. And I feel like yeah. everything that we're mm -hmm. saying, like these are toxic things as well. So can you talk Absolutely. a little bit about what led you to discuss that toxicity and what exactly is this toxicity in the beauty space? So what led me to talk about it is years of observation and just sitting back, not saying anything and just really seeing one person after the other crashing and burning when <laughs> every single time I called it, every single time. Uh, I think people really need to exercise some discernment and not just hop on every last bandwagon they can find because it's hot at the moment. Maybe try to look a little deeper and, and look at who this person is and what they represent. I, I don't want to come off you know, sounding holier than thou, I am, you know, nobody needs to listen to me, but it's just facts. Like you, you, it, you, this behavior is not all of a sudden like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. It's pretty obvious from patterns that you see from these people. And maybe people don't pay attention to the patterns because they're having fun. They're being entertained the whole time, but then don't be surprised <laughs> when your favorite person all of a sudden disappoints you, which I think brings me to a more important point too, is 
you know, this whole worship culture of, of um, influencers, for God's sake, please stop that. Like nobody needs to be worshiped in that way. No human needs to be worshiped, period. Um, we're just here. The point of an influencer is not to be like a celebrity where it's like, you're so out of reach. The point is for you to be relatable and to be able to connect with your audience and not be like a queen to them. That's, it just, it, I, I got to my, my breaking point. I was like, we got to talk about this because I, I need people to open their eyes and, yeah. and really see what's going on. You know, it's problematic behavior is not that difficult to identify. So then you put these people on a pedestal and it's, they crash and burn. Right. And, and who, like, where does the onus of that lie? Is that with the audience? Because it's the audience supporting people and therefore it's the audience and putting people up on a pedestal. Or is it, is the onus with the, with the influencer? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think we live in a time where this like extraness is really like celebrated and that's fine. But again, I think just looking past that veneer and looking at what this person actually represents, like if they've participated in cultural appropriation or if they participated in anything that was like racially insensitive or even just people who like show off their wealth and all that, that's not behavior that anybody should be celebrating, period. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and and to me, if you ask me, my theory is cancel culture is not a real thing because mm. if it were a real thing, we would have never heard about these people ever again mm. and it would have been over. <laughs> You but know, they, come back, they come back, they have a revival, people forget, they yeah. apologize, you know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very in, like, in the moment trendy type of thing. Yeah, and that's not to say that any one of us couldn't mess up and be a human at any given time, but, like, you have, again, you, we're not all psychologists, obviously, but you have right. to look at, like, who is this person? What do they represent? And you know, the, the thing about cancel culture that really pisses me off is that it's, it's kind of viewed as this negative thing, but it's like, if you take the title away from it, if you stop calling it cancel culture, people have been disassociated with stuff that they don't fuck with forever since, yeah. the, since Adam and Eve. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you don't <laughs> have to continue to listen to someone's music or to support their movies or to, you know, or even use the hashtag, like. Hashtag XYZ party uh, is over party. Like, you know, like yeah. is over. Like, okay, so you're bringing more attention to it. Yeah. You could just, just like you leave it just alone. Away. You could just walk it away. Yeah. Treat it like your cousin. I don't fuck with you no more. And now we don't talk at the barbecue. And right. that's all you have to do. You don't have to make a spectacle of it. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I canceled you. I just, I just moved away. I just grew this way. And that's associated. I like yeah. that. So, Tenny, I want to get into Monday Born Beauty, but Talia, yes. do, you, do you have any questions? Mm -mm, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so, first, let's talk about the inspiration for you to start this and the meaning behind the name. So, the inspiration, you know, I always knew that if I was going to, people would ask, when are you starting your makeup line? I'm like, mm, don't really have a huge passion for that particularly. Um, I can see myself doing color at some point down the line, but it has to make sense. It has to uh, align with my story and what, you know, I represent, what kind of message I'm putting out there. But I thought, you know, what are you passionate about? You know, and, and I thought every, like six out of the seven days of the week, I'm barefaced. Mm -hmm. So why don't we 
help people have better skin and do a little bit of education with that, do a little bit of, um, you know, environmentally responsible things, things like that. So when we started to develop the idea of Monday Born, it, the, the pieces kind of fell into place. Everything was very, like we knew like what the identity of this brand would be. And I kind of wanted it to be me personified, but just not with my name on it. And so coming up with a name, I was like, oh, how am I, I'm the most indecisive person in life. Like, I, <laughs> like how am I ever going to oh, meet this thing? You know? Can, you're a cancer, I'm right? A cancer. Yeah. Y'all be indecisive as hell. Oh my God. <laughs> And wait, Talia and I are Gemini's. Talia, are you indecisive? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Are you indecisive? No, that's not me. No. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm kind of indecisive. My she two, is, yeah. yeah. Two of my best friends are Cancers, though, so I'm I'm well versed in the yeah, like moody, like <laughs> different person every day. Um, so my boyfriend just asked me like the easiest, simplest question. He's like, "What does Tenny mean?" And um, I said, "I don't know." And so he just looked up, what does the name Tenny mean? And just in bold letters, it, like if you Google it right now, it'll, it'll come up. Monday born. Oh my God. And I, I was like, love it. I was like, that's interesting. And then we both looked at each other. We're like, that has a nice ring to it. <laughs> and then he said, he's like, were you born on a Monday? I was like, I have perhaps. No yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. It was 1984. My parents, you know, so we searched July 16th, 1984. It's a Monday. I love this. All right, quick like detour. Like, too serendipitous. I love this because Ghanaians do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They name their children based on the day of the week that yes. they're born. Yes. So I, I didn't know that that was, you know, I, mean, I mean, it makes sense that it's prevalent in other cultures, but that Oddly is enough, oddly enough, I know the name um, in Ghana, it's Monday born starts with an A. It's I know I read oh, it. It could be like um, Afia or Vena. Oh, uh, AD Ottawa. I think it. I think that's it. I, oh my I God, Ghanaian brothers and sisters, forgive me if I mispronounced it. Yeah, Same. but but it said a uh, a user from Ghana says that it's Tenny means Monday born. I was like, no, that's, that's not so it. That's not it. That's different. I've also seen a lot of Nigerians with the name. Tenny. I was going to say yes. that Tenny is a Nigerian name as yes. well. I was going <laughs> to say that. I always get tagged in. There's, there's a woman, Tenny the Entertainer. Yes! <laughs> I love her. Oh, my God. Yes! This is so funny. I love how the world is so expansive, yet so small. Like, that's amazing. I know. Amazing. Okay. And it made me want to like really research more. I was like, there's got to be something to this. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Monday that. Born Beauty. That is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So why, I'm going to get into the serum a little bit. And okay. hopefully if you, I know you're going to jump in with questions also. Mm. So, but I, oh, wait, wait. But, but before ahead. we do that, you, you don't have anything on your face right now. I just want to be completely clear. Yeah, nothing. This is just your face. It's just me. This is you. You're so annoying. Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything on your face? Yes, because our last video, I looked crazy and my glasses were crooked. And so, <laughs> your face is gorgeous. What are you talking no, about? I put on the Ilya serum today just for y'all because I was like, Tinny is a YouTuber and I need to set my game up. I can't be looking like the Wicked Witch of the West Side. <laughs> okay, so why start with the rebirth serum? So I thought, you know, what's the one thing, and it was a little bit of like, kind of like my own, like what would, what would I solve about my skin if I were going to target one thing? 
And for me, it was texture. Mm. So just like texture in the skin, texture is a very normal thing in skin, but um, in some cases it's uh, indicative of, I don't know, an allergy or just, you know, your skin's not uh, resurfaced enough. It's, it's, it's yeah. clogged. Um, the sun, like, all types of things. Yeah, it could be anything. So I, and it always bothered me because, you know, when I, when I did put makeup on, the one thing that really stood out was the texture. It kind of accentuated it. So I said, you know, let's tackle this first. <laughs> like, let's see if we can come up with something that really handles texture. And as we started to develop it, and I think you guys know that um, the whole concept behind Monday Born is that we really take our community's uh, feedback into account. We asked people, what do you like? What do you not like? What are you allergic to? So it was, you know, no fragrance, nothing coconut der derivative, you know, all these different um, preferences and allergies. And obviously we can't cater to every single sensitivity, but the majority, I mean, we really took that into account and created the serum based on that. And it turned out to, I mean, it kicks all the competitors, but <laughs> like, yeah. It actually, in testing, like it really outperformed the competitor products yeah. that had the lactic acid. And then we threw in the niacinamide, which took care of all the redness. And, and like my pores are not as visible anymore. They're like, they look so much tighter. So that was like almost like a happy byproduct of um, something that I intended to be strictly a resurfacing serum. So yeah. it, it's got a little of everything, the hydration, and it's made in Korea. So they're about 10 years ahead of us in Korea as far as... Skincare. skincare yes yeah. they know what they're doing so um i'm not surprised that it turned out as as well as it did but i think part of the reason why it turned out so good is really the collaboration so who that, are you working on the oh, i'm sorry go ahead i was gonna say that actually i have like five different questions but i won't ask all of them um yeah. but so one of the things in researching like the formula i know that there's um birch juice in it like 56 percent, right which is actually really big in k-beauty like in a lot of k-beauty brands birch juice is their thing so yep. is that how that came about because i was wondering why so much birch juice other yeah. than like the benefits but also really quick what is birch like what is what does that even mean you know the birch trees like the really light that's what i thought yeah. <laughs> okay yeah it's like the, the sap the extract of that but um, we basically re replaced water with birch juice because if you look at skincare, practically everything out there, especially in Western market, the majority of what you're getting in that bottle is water. Yep. So we thought, why not replace it with something that's actually going to really soothe and, and pump nutrients into the skin barrier while you're resurfacing. So that's why it's actually so good for gen more gentle skin, more um, sensitive skin types. It's really gentle is because you're having all of that protection because in Korean beauty, you know, the priority is to protect the skin barrier, first and foremost. In Western market, it's more like, what's the highest percentage acid I can use to get the quickest results? <laughs> really, you're actually going to be burning your skin and you're going to get like a leathery <laughs> uh, outcome. It's not good for your skin. This way, you do have to be a little bit more patient, even though you do see pretty like rapid results. Um, it's just not this like like instant gratification. It's really about honoring and protecting the skin barrier because at the end of the day, it is an organ. And the more you damage it, you know, the more it's going to take to kind of get it to a better place. Yeah. And so, how did you decide who to work with on the brand? I'm very, very, very lucky to have the team that I have because my product development counterpart, um, she has really good relationships. She's Korean. She's actually in Korea right now. She's been there all summer um, while we're developing our second product, which 
coincidentally, we're also replacing water with Centella Asiatica. <laughs> so, you know, we're like, we're really like committed to continuing to do that. Um, but yeah, she has great relationships out there and, and the research that our team has done um, to decide which ODM to, to work with is just has been, they're so detail oriented. So I think we really landed on the right one. Yeah. But, you know, you do take different samples from different labs to see which one you, you like the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to get into a little bit about why you chose lactic acid, but for the listeners, so lactic acid is a type of alpha hydroxy acid, um, and it's typically used in over-the-counter products because it's uh, one of the larger, right, larger ones, like the model. And one of the more gentle. Yeah, Yeah. gentle. So it doesn't penetrate as deeply into the skin, which means that there's a little bit more surface treatment, right? So, um, but why did you choose lactic acid? And then what, I know you talked a little bit about adding the niacinamide and, and the benefit that that gives, but was like, how, what led to that, you know, addition as well? So, um, the lactic acid, it's purely just from years of testing all these different acids. I've tried every acid out there. Um, like glycolic is also a great one, but lactic it just, the results that it produces is just a little bit more, I don't know how to explain it. It just produces better results, but also the fact that it is a more gentle acid, making it more friendly for more skin types is obviously more attractive. And, you know, lactic acid traditionally comes from, you know, cow. (laughs) But now we're able to do it um, vegan, like a vegan lactic acid. So making it, again, all that much more um, attractive to use. And then the niacinamide, that was like a collaboration with our chemist. Like the way we've been working together is there's like been such a nice synergy because it's a lot of us kind of telling them what, first of all, what ingredients we're interested in based on, you know, what we're researching, but also what kind of result we want to see. And then we kind of put our heads together. They're chemists. They obviously, they do this day in and day out. And uh, something else that people don't understand is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these products that are like, um, kind of like mix and match, like you, you get, get one, um, ingredient and then there's another bottle with another ingredient. We're not chemists at the end of the day. And the actual formulation product is a formulation process is even more important than the actual ingredient you're using. So the quality of the ingredient and the formulation process are very, very important. So our chemists um, sort of brought that to the table. They said, you know, um, we can put the lactic acid and the niacinamide together um, because formulation wise, if you're just an average consumer, you go to the store and you get the lactic acid and the niacinamide and put them together, it's not going to be the same thing. Yeah. It's just not. There's a, there's an, this, what the reason we have chemists, (laughs) there's an actual process to how they are formulated together. That's very true. What's your skin type? I, it's funny because I am normally pretty dry, dry, normal, a little bit more dry in the winter, a little bit less dry in the summertime. But um, as we're developing our second product um, and doing the testing, I'm starting to see that my dryness may have been a result of years of abusing exfoliants and acids. Let's talk about that. because I did not realize until earlier this year when I went to my esthetician and she was like, how how many days a week are you exfoliating? And I was there. I was like, oh, I'm exfoliating about three days a week. And she was like, yes, stop. She was like, your skin is way too tight. 
like I can tell you are over exfoliating. And so I actually dropped down to now just once a week, which yeah. is not what like most exfoliating products will tell you like two to three times a week. And most people like depending on the percent. Yeah. yeah. And most people will say, oh, you should be exfoliating every few days. But I saw such a change once I dropped to just once a week. Right. Some weeks, yeah. it's like some, some months, it's every other week. And it's yeah. I go weeks without exfoliating because I am a rebel. I'd be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's why education is so important with what we're doing with Monday Born is, you know, a lot of people, um, they develop a skincare routine based on, you know, what they're seeing. Unfortunately, what we're seeing a lot of is like marketing. So yes. that may not necessarily be the best thing for your skin. And I noticed that my skin is so much less dry. It actually feels more normal now since I kind of just stepped back and simplified my routine and focused just on like making sure my skin is clean, but also on hydration, which is our next product. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going back to basics and just hydrating the skin. So many of us have dehydrated skin and we have no idea. And we're just like slathering on thick creams when that's not going to fix it. That's not the way to do it. So there's so much education coming to our audience that I'm so, so excited about. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on clean beauty? You know, and, and clean fragrance. Yeah, I, I understand people have different um, opinions on clean. Some people think clean is not a thing. Um, some people think that um, it's something new, it's something different to everybody. <laughs> sure, sure it is. And, and some people think natural is best when really natural, not only is it not quite as effective, but it also has a very short sh shelf life and people don't realize there actually are good chemicals for your skin. Yeah. Chemical doesn't mean bad. Exactly. But um there are also some, I want to say outdated um, definitions of certain ingredients where people are like, oh my God, that's commodogenic nah. or even alcohols. Not every alcohol is bad. You know, you yeah. hear alcohol, you think, oh my God, it's going to strip my skin. So um, like I said, there's a lot of education to be yeah. conveyed here. Yeah. Um, different people have different ideas of what clean is, but for us, Clean is, you know, keeping our ingredients list as short as possible. And we go by the EWG standards for mm -hmm. clean. Um, it's, it's really the best we can do at this, at this particular time. And also, like I said, the whole like commodogenic versus non-commodogenic, a lot of that kind of gets into more marketing territory too. So it's a, it's a little gray area. <laughs> yeah. And can you, can you explain what commodogenic is? So basically that just means anything that's going to clog your pores. Traditionally, and, certain yeah. ingredients have been known to do that. Yeah. Um, but that's, and, yeah. And EWG, I don't, don't want to talk because I'm not a scientist. No, no, I get it. I get it. And but I, some of it is like not totally accurate information. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Rumi is a chemist. So she knows she's just doing it for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and EWG is environmental working group for, for our listeners as well. Okay, Talia, do you have more questions on this? Well, I, I know we, we do want to get into your, your skincare routine, but I do yeah. want to just touch on really quick about your rollout of Monday Born because you're doing it in a very specific way with one product at a time. And I want to know the thought process behind that. So um, actually, it, the fact that this coincided with a global pandemic uh, was obviously there were a lot of negatives associated with that. But also, this is a brand new business model that we're doing in beauty. Um, we've seen drops in sneaker culture and fashion a lot, 
but we haven't really seen it in beauty, the drop model. I think I just saw, I think Mac or someone um, just announced that they're starting to do things in pre-order style drop model. Um, so the advantages of doing drops is one, you only produce what you sell. So the orders that you receive are what you produce, meaning every time you fulfill a set of orders, you're sending out the freshest batch possible. So like it has just been made um, and delivered. Um, but also environmentally speaking, you know, you do a purchase order of like 25,000 um, units and they just sit in a warehouse They just sit, and you've wasted all this material on yeah. you know, making these products business wise, environmentally, sustainability wise. Um, it just makes more sense. And I, I personally believe it's the future. If you look at um, how retail was affected by COVID, it was not nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was very, very bad. And I think we all got a front row seat to that. And I absolutely feel for any business that was affected by that. But the reality is that traditional model is not that sustainable. What we're doing right now, which a lot of people are not, I get it. They're not used. They're like, what do you mean? I'm going to get it in five weeks. You know, we, we open up a, a, a drop period and once that drop period closes we have all our orders that's when we begin um production and mm. you know so do you think that that's going to affect your ability to get into those retail spaces like a sephora we're not interested in getting into their their spaces yeah i mean i'd love if it's, it's, it's direct love. to consumer I love yeah that. absolutely i would love i would love to you know walk in and see my product in a sephora store don't get me wrong it would be a dream come true but um, this business model is, like I said, it's, it's not retail friendly. It's just, yeah. like I said, it's, and, and, it, and it gives us the flexibility to one, keep our prices lower and two, do more with our audience. I mean, we really have like the world is your oyster. Like we can do anything we've launched something called the Monday born experience where we had, I think over 500 submissions from people who, um, will be actually our focus group for our next product. They will receive samples from the lab and try out the product, give us their feedback before it goes to production. How did I miss this experience? I literally was gonna say, how the hell did I not- What the hell? <laughs> and we're gonna do it, we're going to do it for every, um, every new product we launch because that is the best way. I mean, obviously asking for feedback um, with polls and this, that, and comments is great, but we're just taking it one step further and getting the product into people's hands and having yeah. them give us their feedback. There's nothing more more valuable than that. And I, we're trying to find a way actually to, we're gonna see if we can somehow um, include their names in the packaging once it, it, it because mm -hmm. that really, I mean, this whole co-collaboration means a lot to me. It's like something that hasn't really been done. It's like, it's actually a very special way to, you know, maintain that yeah. bond with my audience. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? I love that. You did that with your packaging too, right? You put like five different options for the yeah. Rebrick serum. And you're going to see, you're gonna see um, a lot of that coming up too for like the design of the next bottle, the new, the new product. So that participation and that engagement is just like, because it gets people excited too, because they get to, they get to have a sneak peek and see what's coming up and know that they participated in that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what that next product is. Can you speak on it a little bit or? Yeah. Okay. So we just announced it on Tuesday. It will be an essence. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm excited for it for a number of reasons. One, 
a lot of people in America don't really know what an essence is or don't use it or are a little bit hazy on what it actually does. Um, and this, like I said, is an opportunity to educate people on the difference between hydration and moisturization. Um, this essence is going to be very special because we are replacing water with Centella Asiatica, at least for now. We're still in the, <laughs> in the um, production or the uh, formulation phase. Um, but I, I, like I said, I just want the whole concept behind this essence is back to basics. Eliminating like a lot of the feedback I got recently from people is like, thank you for simplifying and like not trying to sell a bunch of different things that we don't need. That's my goal here. My goal is to only create products that our skin really actually needs. And every single one of us, no matter who we are, we need hydration in our skin, oily, dry, mature, young. Hydration is key to just like a basic sort of like foundation of healthy skin. So, so where does essence go in the skincare routine? Um, so you could do it a number of ways. Um, you could do it morning and night. Uh, I typically do it uh, right after cleansing. And actually, I'll put the essence on. And in the essence that we're creating is very, you know, I'm sure you felt essences are mm -hmm. very watery. Some are just clear. They actually look like water. Um, ours is a little bit milky, but it is still very watery. So I just pour it into my hand and, and press it into my skin and I follow with rebirth. Mm -hmm. So having that hydration step first actually allows the actives in rebirth to work better, to penetrate better. So again, another sort of element of education that I'm just really excited to share because I know a lot of us, including myself for years, trial and error, just trying different things, you know, we're not necessarily doing the best we can for our skin. Yeah, I'm just very, very excited for this because it is just like a very basic need for our skin. Yeah. I love it. So. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some more personal beauty stuff. What are your favorite beauty indulgences? Hmm. Beauty indulgences. What was the, the last luxury beauty product you purchased? Mm -hmm. Product or method, right? Product or method, I do, yeah. I do more services. Like I love okay. to go for like, you know, like, I don't know if you've been to the, you guys are in New York, right? Philly mm. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in LA, at least we have a lot of Korean spas. I would love to go there, sit in okay. like the red clay, you know, kind of just sink into those, stand on the jade floor, you know. I, I like to go do a little more like, kind of like spiritual beauty stuff as opposed okay. to... Um, like I like my jade roller, my uh, guasa. I love mm -hmm. that baths at home, like essential oil baths. Um, those are my beauty indulgences. Just anything okay. that's like kind of just pampering, kind of spa like. That's kind of mm -hmm. what I wanted to do with uh, Monday Born too, because we're not going to stick to strictly skincare. Eventually, we'll go into fragrance. We'll go into. I would love to do teas. You know, anything that's like whole body oh, care, whole yeah. life care. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of stuff I love to do. Nice, nice. Yeah. I've never been to a Korean spot. I've done like a Me either. like Turkish bath, which I love. I've done those too, yeah. But I've never done. So how similar or different are they? No, 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 no. Totally Very different. different. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I also love the Korean scrubs where they literally like flip you around like a grease pig. <laughs> really scrubbing you. It's, it's, it's an interesting experience in the moment, but afterwards you're like, ooh. <laughs> So what's your favorite Korean spa? Because I will be in LA in two weeks. Ooh, okay. Oh, 
they may not be open because of this. Corona, of course, yes. <laughs> but my favorite is Hue Spa. Okay. H-U-G-H, Hue Spa. There's so many of them, but that one I like because they have all the different rooms, the infrared room, the, like I said, the red clay room, the jade room, um, the oxygen room. That's, I love that place. So good. So once we get over the hump of Corona next year, I will be going there. <laughs> Hopefully later this year. Who knows? I know. I know. So can you walk us through your daytime and nighttime skincare routine? Because yeah. for you to not have on makeup right now, it's really upsetting me and my friends. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, it's not just the skincare, which I'll go through in a minute. Um, water, water, water. So much water intake. Like that is so important. Um, and I learned that just from, you know, before I didn't really drink that much water. And now I'm having at least like liter and a half to two liters a day. And that's made such a difference for me, both health wise, period, like everything I've actually seen, like I've seen via test results, things get better mm. and actually eliminated because of water. And of course for skin, it's so good. But as far as my skincare routine, um, I do a gentle cleanse at night. Most nights of the week when I'm not wearing makeup, it's this, um, the Kate Somerville daily, daily gentle wash. If I am wearing makeup, um, it's always going to be a cleansing balm. So I'll do a double cleanse. Uh, mm. the cleansing balm I'm using right now is by Hamish, also another, um, Korean brand, um, pretty good ingredients. So I'll do that. And then I'll follow with another cleanser because the cleansing balm alone isn't enough. Isn't yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. So double cleanse for sure. Um, I'll follow with uh, the essence. I'll kind of just press that into my skin and I'll give it a minute just to kind of sink in um, and kind of just touch my skin, see if it's like, if it's just slightly tacky, we're ready to weigh yeah. on the product. And is Are it you using Monday? those? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Is this a Monday born essence or a different one yeah. right now? Yeah. So, I mean, before I was using a, a different one, but lately I've been testing out ours. Yeah. Are you um, using those reusable cotton pads that people are using for their makeup? Just you're just rinsing it off. Okay. You just kind of put it in your hand and start pressing it. Like that's what you really want to do with an essence. Instead of a cotton pad uh, swiping it across your skin, really press it. I mean, obviously make sure your hands are clean. Really press it into your skin. Um, and then once it feels just slightly tacky, I'll go in with Rebirth. Same thing, kind of pressing it into my skin, giving that a second to absorb. I may or may not go in with a moisturizer after. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do, sometimes I don't. It really, you just really have to listen to your skin because when you're using an essence, depending on your skin type, depending on the season, depending on how your skin's responding, you may or may not have to use it. So it's one thing I tell people all the time, your skincare routine in the winter should not be the skincare routine you use in the summer. Yeah. Should be, should be different for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I do not use an eye cream, tried many in my lifetime. Um, not really a believer in eye creams. They can't do too much more than a really rich cream could, like a really rich face cream. Um, unless you're, it's something that's specifically geared, like a ret, retinol eye cream. A, there's one by Peter Thomas Roth I really like. That's a retinol eye cream, but generally I don't use it. Mm -hmm. um, and then some nights I try to be as good as I can about this. I'll use the jade roller because, you know, <laughs> try to pack that up a little bit. <laughs> Um, and I always like clean it after it's yeah. obviously a chore, but, um, I have to, and then in the morning, um, I'll do just like a very gentle cleanse, very like light. I'm not going to do like a full lather up, um, and then go in with the essence once more and then just an SPF. 
What's your favorite SPF right now? Ooh, also Korean. Um, <laughs> my favorite is by Dr. Jart. It's their solar biome. Um, it's like a, we've got like this NASA technology in it. It's an SPF 50, four pluses. Um, very good. What I really like about it, uh, if you look at photos of it online, I think it's, it is available in the US. It comes in a very large dropper. And then once you start working it in your hands, you'll notice how the consistency is so light and so lotion-y as opposed to, you know, most SPFs are very just thick and mm -hmm. greasy. I also really love the um, Shiseido um, Water Force, I think it's called. Water mm -hmm. Force. I think that's what it's called. It's in the blue. Um, also another great one. Yeah. yeah. And Dooney told me about that one in the blue. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's one of my faves. Yeah, I love it. So how do you determine what products you try? Like there's always something new popping up in beauty. How do you-, how um, do you makeup, makeup or skincare? All of it. All of it. Cause I'm sure people are just throwing stuff at you all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it's tough because right now so many people are like, oh wow, beauty's where it's at. Like, let me just, you know, start a brand. So I kind of look a little bit at the story. Like what, is there anything this particular brand represents that's special? Um, and then obviously ingredients list. Um, there are some obviously like heritage brands that I love, like Tom Ford, I will always love. Um, you know, they're like, they, he can do no wrong. <laughs> He's just like, I love him so much. Um, but yeah, like there, it, it, it depends. It depends like how long you've been around. Have I been a fan for years? Um, are you affordable and sustainable so that I can like with a good conscience recommend this to my audience? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Okay. And what about makeup? Like what makeup products are you into? I know that you don't wear it often, but when yeah. you're your you know, I've, I've always really liked, well, Tom Ford is one. I've l always liked ColourPop because oh, okay. of the price point. They're mm -hmm. always just very like finger friendly. I like to call it because I can just really go like this and just put it on my lids real quick, call it a day uh, with practically all of their products. It's just very user-friendly. Price point is good, like I said, so I'm happy to recommend it to people. What are you putting on your eyebrows? Um, these days, actually, just the Hourglass Arch Fiber Volumizing um, Gel. I'm not really filling that much anymore. I used to when, you know, my eyebrows were super thin and then I tried to grow them back. So at this point, I'm at a place where I don't really fill them. I just go over it with the gel. And I love the the brow lift. Have you guys heard of that? By who? Um, so it, it's a, it's a service. So you have to have it done by somebody. I think oh. they have at, they have at home kits too. They have at home kits. You're gonna want to try this. Wait a minute. But, what is it? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's called um, brow lamination. That's what it is. Brow lamination. So basically, it will fix your brows in a certain position, and it'll stay that way for like six weeks or so, six eight weeks. So, so the brow, yeah, so the brows, like, I like these to kind of, like, stand up straight, you know, in the front, and, like, because it, mm -hmm. it makes them fuller and fluffier. Um, the first, like, day or two, you look crazy. You look like the Grinch. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's, they really have to, like, brush it up to make it, like, stay. And then after, um, you know, my, my tech says wet and set. So you, if you ever shower or wash your face, Afterwards, all you do is brush it up in the position and it stays done. Oh, brown lamination. Brown lamination. I, I have to look that up. And you, you have to go to a place to get it or you can do it at home. 
Um, there are at-home kits. Yeah, like my tech, um, she's like not far from me. So I, I would, I don't know if yeah. right now we're able to, but yeah. I think um, I think I would go with a tech. I can't be trying new stuff. Like yeah. That. yeah. yeah I'll, I'll end up missing an eye somehow. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, what about hair care? Ooh, um, right now I'm <clears throat> really into Sakai. I know traditionally, you know, they, they've been around for a very long time, but they've made a lot of changes recently in terms of sustainability. Um, their bottles are, um, I think 95% made of um, recycled plastic from like the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, and then even the ink they use is 100% recyclable. The bottle is 100% recyclable. The formula is still fantastic. They've also changed the formulas. Um, so I'm just really appreciating brands that are taking responsibility right now. Yeah. Just really yeah. moving in a better direction, not doing the, you know, the same old thing we've been doing. That's just kind of take, 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 and not putting anything back. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know we often, when we talk about skincare, we often just focus on our face and not our, our bodies, but are there any like lotions yeah. or oils do you prefer? Yeah. Um, oof, there's so many trying to think which one um bang and body is an australian brand uh, i just received product from them it's like a scrub and then like a really rich cream um i've been using that really like it i'm trying to think i know there's some i wish i was in my bathroom right now <laughs> looking at everything um i know i just got really into necessaire and like their their um <laughs> it's like one of my beauty indulgences they have a hyaluronic serum for your body and I just feel when I put it on <laughs> I feel like when I put it on my like whatever shea butter or whatever just it just kind of feels better like I feel better Ooh. after it's on my body I'm oh, like that's I'm, like an essence that's an essence for your body for your body <laughs> you've been talking about that for some time Celine that was one of your party <laughs> purchases right kind of my jam like yeah, it's totally I I to, I it may that. not be necessary but I feel better when it's on and I'm like this is great I'm gonna keep it <laughs> <laughs> um okay Celia do you have any more questions otherwise I'm gonna do well um I have one more question I would like a skincare tip sure. while I'm Ooh, looking yes. oh in God. your in your makeup list face <laughs> <laughs> um you know honestly my my tip the less you wear and let your skin breathe, mm. the more, the happier your skin's going to be, period. And once you guys receive um, rebirth, start using it. It's, it's going to, it's got a little bit of everything. It's I'm ready for this texture. <laughs> the hydration, the resurfacing, it just, I mean, the, that video I posted, I don't know if you guys saw it, my, my 30 day and my 60 day. I did. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some people had a hard time, like, believing it filtered I'm like it's really not like the whole point is to show you I stood in the same place in my office with the same lighting it may not have been the exact same weather every single day um but I really wanted to just show an authentic progression and I can really speak to like texture has always just been my biggest thing and it really really improved it I've I think people forget yeah yeah, people forget that like skincare takes days, like Weeks. you give it 30 days and then time. like I said, we're so programmed here with marketing to believe in instant gratification that you're listen, you can get instant gratification if you go get an in-office treatment. 
Yeah, you go yeah. get like a micro needling or something. Of course those work. Oh, that's, that's something else a lot of people said too. Like, yeah, that's on top of um, all the micro needling and um, LED light treatments you got. We were under lockdown. Where? People <laughs> Where are, done that? are big mad. <laughs> You're so mad. I'm like, why don't you just give it a try? Like it's the best that could happen or, or the worst that could happen is that you get better skin, you know? Like I oh get it. God. I get it. There's so much out there that's, there's a lot of trickery. There's a lot of, you know, marketing bullshit, but mm-hmm. I'm really here to just, because at the end of the day, if I'm showing you this and you get it and it's, it doesn't work it's my neck on the chopping block, you know, that, that won't last, you know? Exactly. So we're trying to be as authentic as we can here. Yeah. But it's also like, why are you even paying me any attention if you hate me and you don't believe anything I say? Exactly. That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, um, we are all going to share a beauty moment. now a beauty moment is over the past week. What is something that was like, a good beauty moment, like maybe your skin was glowing, a bad beauty moment, like, I don't know, you had a breakout or an ugly beauty moment. Last week, my ugly beauty moment was trying to numb my entire Brazilian area before I went to get laser hair removal. (laughs) Um, And saran wrapping it as well. So that was a fun So, <laughs> and this week, <laughs> and this week, um, my beauty moment was I broke out again. So I suffered from mask me like two weeks ago and then it cleared up. But then this week I just started breaking out again, but I did not pop my pimples. I Thank God. Pimple popper. I did not pop this week and I was just very diligent with treating it, um, so I was proud of myself. So that's my beauty moment was another struggle with acne. I think um, my beauty moment this week, so I've been having a rough couple of weeks <laughs> and my skin has been holding up like no breakouts. I was like, my, my face is like, sis, you can't take another disappointment. <laughs> I'm just going to hold it down. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> Yay to Leah's skin. Thank you. Um, Let's see. My beauty moment was actually yesterday. Um, You know, especially during quarantine, I'm already not that much of a makeup wearer. And even now I'm even more so um, not that. So yesterday I did my very first reels on Instagram. Oh. I was I was meeting a girlfriend after to have a quick lunch and I said, "You know what? Now is the time. Like let me do this whole reels thing." So I did the one the challenge where it's the Michael Bublé song where you blow the yeah. 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 And after I was done with my makeup, I was looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, "You look good." <laughs> it nice. was it was just like a moment where I was like, I kind of forget how sometimes how fun makeup actually is mm-hmm. and how like it kind of just was like a little pick-me-up like mental health, mental wellness lately has been tiresome and and, and challenging and just like kind of looking in the mirror and <clears throat> remembering that I can play with this stuff and kind of like pick up my mood a little bit I was even on FaceTime with my boyfriend after because he's overseas right now and he he likes me barefaced he doesn't like the smoky eye and all that stuff he's like Baby, you look really nice. Like that's Aww. like it looks. It's like a little like you look very angelic and it kind of just like brightened you up. And um, so that was just like a nice moment to just remember how fun makeup can be. Yeah, 
Nice. I like I that. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do a quick round of rapid fire. Have you ever Ooh, done this before? I have. Okay. <laughs> okay good, good, good. All right. So it's either or. Some of them are going to be answers. Say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's your favorite thing in your closet right now? A maxi dress, like a muumuu. Like, just pull it over. <laughs> Done, I'm ready to go. You <laughs> no greater. You have a beautiful closet, by the way. Totally. Thank you. Your house store. Okay. Beast, what's the best piece of advice you've received? <sighs> best piece of advice I've received. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, early is on time. On time is late. <laughs> Des- describe yourself as a teenager in three words. Ooh, um, spirited um naive and optimistic talking or texting texting <laughs> favorite day of the week monday if you could do anything in the world it would be uh anthropology if you could be anywhere in the world it would be uh mauritius all right that's it Yay. oh wait that's have you nice. been to mauritius i wish <laughs> 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 I have, I have, uh, I have friends who are building a house out there. They're in London, but they're building a house out there. They're like, you have to come. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Tell them you bring in some friends. I could go to Mauritius. <laughs> I am down for that. Um, this has been wonderful. Our final question is why does beauty need you? Beauty needs me to, um, to just help keep our feet on the ground. I agree like that i like that i can i can just have a goal to always do is just always have my feet on the ground that's it tenny thank you this was amazing thank you for coming thank on you. to beauty needs thanks me thanks for having me i love this Look thank at that. you until next time beauty needs me fam <laughs>